Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Today we're going to talk about family. That's right, mom, dad, brother, sister, if any, family karma, children, fertility, all types of stuff. So if you, like me, have a family or any family karma, then this is a show for you. I haven't done a show on family, I don't think, in quite some time. So this show should be rather interesting. And, uh, yeah, what do you think of this dead center Pluto, you know, in Scorpio? Hey, I'm telling you. You know, Scorpio is a really weird sign. It's mysterious. It's secretive. Makes me think that concerning life and death on this planet, there's a big cover-up going on. Makes you wonder what world governments are really into. Do you notice some people around you have been angry lately, even temperamental? Do you notice some people have been yelling at you or screaming at you? What's the problem? Pluto and Scorpio, dead center as it moves through the middle decadent of Scorpio, is releasing a lot of tension, a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety. So you might find yourself yelling at your children, yelling at your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. You may find yourself yelling at your brother or your sister, and maybe even yelling at a stranger. (laughs) You might even make a mistake. See, this is a dumping time. With all the Capricorn transits hitting, First of all, Aries planets are under stress, which are already an aggressive temperamental group. And then Cancer planet people are under stress with all the opposition, so tons of emotion is being spewed forth. And now with the Scorpio transits, Sun opposed Pluto, earthquake watch for Southern California once again. And I got a feeling that L.A. is going to be hit with another big quake. Not L.A., but L.A. in vicinity. And it's going to happen pretty soon here, so I don't like earthquakes. So I don't know. But anyway, it's just a dumping time. It's a big emotional releasing time, and people with Scorpio planets tend to hold things in. So this Sun-square Pluto that's going on is going to release a lot of tension. So watch out. You don't want to push people to the nth degree of pent-up rage or emotional explosion or whatever. It's It's a time to get along in the world. It's tough enough to get along with each other in our close-knit groups. So do what you can to try to keep the peace, and then maybe the whole world will be a better place. Okay, so let's talk about family. Well, there's all kinds of stuff in the astrology chart when we talk about family and family karma. And let's face it, you know, I want to make one thing clear right now. So you want to have a baby, huh? (laughs) You want to have a baby. Real important to have. Well, maybe you want to have two kids, right? What do you think? You think you marry your best friend? You think when you have kids that they're your closest soulmates? You know, do you think that everyone that makes a family always creates the perfect family unit? That's not the way it works. The way karma works in this dimension is that you involve yourself with people where there are debts to be earned and paid off. I want to make that clear. Sometimes what you call soulmates are people you fall in love with and you're just obsessed with the mommy and the daddy, the one that that formed the family unit, sometimes they're the worst enemies. They're the most bitter of enemies. They can create 
the whole problem by making a wrong marriage, a bad marriage, having kids, getting divorced, or molesting the kids, or abusing the kids, or whatever. There's all kinds of crazy combinations with families. I want to make that clear. You could marry one soulmate as a wife, then have three little girls that just so happen to be your other soulmates as wives in past lives, end up being abusive and irritating and even molestatious to your little female girl children, right? It can get to be a very complicated set of karma. So I want to make one thing clear. When we talk about family and metaphysics, it doesn't always mean that we're talking about the best of friends joining together in a group shared experience. The whole purpose of family in this dimension, as far as I can see with all the metaphysical research I have done, is a meeting of enemies, is a meeting of people that have not gotten along in past lives, whether they've been in families, which is usually the case. You know, if you have a family situation that is horrible, you better believe that that family situation is going to be recreated over and over again with roles reversed over and over again. You treat your kids like dirt. They'll come back next life. They'll grow up. They'll be parents. You'll die. You'll be born as their children. And it keeps going on and on. They treat their kids like dirt. You treat your kids like dirt. They treat that. And we create all this anger and anxiety. I frankly think that many of the problems in the world, metaphysically and karmically speaking, stem from the karma in the family unit. So in today's topic, I want to make it clear that when you make a choice to form a union with a person in a relationship, if you are that pulled towards someone to be married to them and to have children with them, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be all a bed of roses. Because what karma is all about, karma occurs when people get together. And usually they are meant to make a peace. But oftentimes, it turns into a war. So that's why when you marry someone at the beginning, it appears to be fun and loving and caring. Before you have the children, it sounded like a nice idea. But then you find yourself married with two, three kids, up to your neck in bills. The kids cost a fortune. Maybe they have emotional problems. Maybe you have mental problems. Maybe somebody in the family self-destructive. One of the kids has a drug addiction. The husband is an alcoholic. Someone's getting beaten up. There's child abuse, wife beating, all kinds of crazy things can crop up. That's what the family karma is all about. If you could find me a family situation where there was truly no problem, truly a situation where people were born into a family unit and the mother and the father and as husband and wife and their children got along gracefully, mercifully, lovingly, with no problem, what we're talking about is a Dharma family unit which means we are talking about evolved souls coming together that don't have any karma or maybe have very little karma with people on this planet, in this dimension, so they are given that opportunity, that option, that grace to be in that rare family unit that has no problem. So once in a while you will meet someone that actually came from a decent childhood with decent parents, decent brothers and sisters, with very few mental or emotional problems. On the other hand, you will find a lot of people that are conditioned to believe that they came from a family unit with no problem because that's the way mommy and daddy raised them. Mommy and daddy raised them to believe that this was a good family with no problem. But as you get older, some of that subliminal stuff is removed 
and some of that psychological brainwashing and conditioning is removed, and you realize when you look at your astrology chart that it wasn't all that easy and that simple. Let's first of all identify a few planetary locations in the chart. Let's talk about Daddy first. In your natal chart, you can find out everything you ever wanted to know about your father, whether you knew him or not, by analyzing the sun sign. The sun is the father. So by knowing what sign it's in, by knowing what house it's in, and by knowing what the aspect is, that will tell you pretty much what's going on with daddy. My example, I have a Leo son. My dad is a very powerful Leo 9 type individual. He's a Sag rising, which is close. And it's in the 10th house, which is the career fanatic, the hardworking, success-oriented person, which is what my dad has always been. Sun is square my moon in my chart, which means my dad's very intense emotionally. And that's from Sun Square Moon, and I inherited that intensity, of course. And the Sun is Trine Jupiter, which means my dad and I are tight. We're close no matter what's happened. I love him very much. There's a tremendous bond, a tremendous connection, and he's also been tremendously helpful concerning my philosophy from Sun Trine Jupiter, and also from my interest in sports and horses and all those things that epitomize Sag and Jupiter. So you can really zero in on your father by looking at your sun sign. That's number one. Number two, the moon epitomizes everything karmically that your mother is. Depending what house it's in, depending on what sign it's in, depending on how it's aspected, will tell you what the karma with the mother is. Now, you can have a blessed sun and or a blessed moon, which means no afflictions, no squares or oppositions to your sun or your moon, but it doesn't always mean that getting along with mother and father is going to be perfect, that there's no karma. Because you might have the addition of Saturn and Leo, which would be karma with family, right? Saturn in the fifth house, which would also be karma with family. Leo planets that are afflicted, which would be karma with father or family. Cancer planets afflicted. Or you could have an afflicted fifth house lord. So even though your sun and your moon could both be well aspected, it doesn't mean you do not have any karma with mother and father. I'll tell you why. Because typically, the parents you choose are the people that you have the greatest debt to iron out and make a peace with in a life cycle. So almost everyone out there does have something to make up or patch up with mom and dad. All right? So the moon will epitomize not only your emotional fiber, but everything that is earned, karmically speaking, from the mother. Let's say... You have an Aries moon, and it's in the third house, and the Aries moon would be a high-energy mother, right, from Aries vibration that could be somewhat childish, childlike or pushy or very warm and affectionate, depending on her mood, from Aries. In the third house, your mother might be a teacher. She might talk a lot. She might drag you around a lot, lots of short trips. She might also shove you in with your brothers and sisters a lot because it's in the third house. Your moon in Aries may be square Saturn in Capricorn, so major karma in life could be connected with making a peace with the mother in Capricorn, connected with your or her career or what she might think your career should be. You have a moon opposed Jupiter, which means your mother is extremely sensitive, emotional, temperamental, and moody. You would inherit that. You also have a moon trine Pluto, moon in Aries trine Pluto in Leo, which means you do love your mother. There is a tight, intense bond no matter what goes down, and the eventual result of this relationship would be good as long as all the karma would be patched up. 
So you can really find your mother and your father by looking at the sun and the moon. To find your brothers and sisters, you have to find the third house. And if you have your astroscope in front of you, or if you can imagine the pie of the 12 houses in your mind's eye, then I want you to look at your astroscope, and hopefully you have numbered your houses from 1 to 12 by now. If you haven't, let me help you. We start at the far left edge of the wheel, where the 9 would be on the clock face, and if you would circle that sector, that little number, and there in the far left edge, a long line of asterisks that cuts the wheel in half that leads to the right and the left half. The left side is the rising or the ascendant, and the right side is the falling or the descendant. So looking at your chart like 12 pieces of pie and starting at the far left side from the ascendant, we can number all those pieces from 1 to 12. Going counterclockwise, the bottom half would be from left to right, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. And the top half from right to left would be 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. To find your brother and sisters, if any, you would look to the third house, which would be located where the 7 would be on a normal clock face to the 6. And then that area, if you wanted to shade it in, you could even write in brothers and sisters. Now, if you have planets in that house, then that would identify more specifically karma focused with brothers and sisters. You know, you might have a Pluto or Mars, if you're a woman, in the third house in Aquarius. Opposition Pluto in Leo, right, in the ninth. And that could mean sexual abuse or emotional abuse from one or more brothers, or just intense, even violent or hostile brother from that Mars opposition Pluto in the third. So we analyze brothers and sisters, number one, by looking in the third house to see if there's any planets. If there aren't any planets, we look to the sign on the cusp of the third house. And if we are smart enough to know the ruling planets of each sign, like I'm a Libra rising, so I have Sagittarius on the third house, And Jupiter rules Sag. So when we talk about my sister, we look to where Jupiter is in my chart and see how it's aspected. And of course, Jupiter in Sag is my most blessed planet. I love my sister, although I can occasionally unload on her. I still feel safe at doing that. I still feel very close to her with that well-aspected Jupiter. But anyway, the other planet to look at, besides third house vibration, which means sign on the third house cusp, planets included in the third house, third house lord, is also the planet Mercury. So you can look to Mercury in whatever sign it's in, whatever house it's in, and how it's aspected to analyze and understand your brothers and your sisters. Isn't this fun? Family karma. Now, so we've taken a look at the sun as the father, the moon as the mother, Mercury as the brothers and sisters. Where's the childhood? The childhood is in the first house. When we take a look at the childhood, We are taking a look at exactly what went on. The first house designated by the rising sign. The first house starts where the rising sign is, where the nine is, and that will tell us everything that goes on in the childhood. I would say from actually, oh, let's see, from when you're a baby, when you're first born, till you're 18, till you're an adult, that would include everything that is included in that first house sector. Like I'm Libra 20 rising to Scorpio 20. That's my first house. I have a moon in Scorpio 
in the first house with four squares on it. And even though I have well-aspected ascendant, lots of sextals on my Libra rising, which shows a basically happy childhood. With the Scorpio moon, I was a frightened child. There was a lot of emotional intensity that freaked me out and created some strange, intense moods that I've carried with me. And there was some, because of the moon in Scorpio, there was plenty of death around me when I was a child. Grandmothers, uncles, aunts, and friends and such dying when I was young, which is also traumatic. See, so you can really zero in on what went on in the childhood. Like, if you are one of those people that has planets in the first house, and you have a well-aspected ascendant with planets in the first house that have trines and sextiles, no squares or oppositions, that could actually show a childhood that's almost karma-free. But most of us will have karma with the childhood. Now, if you don't have any planets in the first house, it doesn't mean you didn't have a childhood, because there's one planet in the chart that controls your childhood, whether you have planets there or not. And that's the chart ruler. And you find the chart ruler by finding out what your rising is. It's very simple. If you're Aries rising, Mars is your chart ruler. If you're Taurus or Libra rising, like me, Venus would be the chart ruler. And if you're Gemini or Virgo rising, Mercury would be your chart ruler. And if you're Cancer rising, the moon is the ruler. Leo rising, the sun. And then Scorpio rising would have Pluto, Sag rising, Jupiter, Capricorn rising, Saturn, Aquarius rising, Uranus. And then Pisces rising would have Neptune as chart ruler. So you can actually look to your chart ruler to see what happened in the childhood. And I have Venus as my chart ruler in the ninth house, which is travel. And I did travel even when I was a baby all over the place. I must have made about 50 trips before I was 18 with and without my family. And also Venus in Cancer means I had a a very maternal childhood. My mom was around a lot more than my dad. Venus square Neptune in Libra added to the emotional tension that was going on. Lots of yelling and screaming at times, but mostly fun because Venus in the ninth house is an optimistic philosophical house. So we bounced back our family. But still, if you have this show recorded, congratulations. Because knowing about these things like the sun, the moon, Mercury, the third house, and the first house, and the chart ruler can really tie everything together with family and childhood. Now, the other thing that is interesting is the fifth house or Leo planets. You know, if you have Leo planets at all in your chart, there's going to be a focus on your family. That's number one. Could be working with the family. It depends where the Leo is placed. And also, all of you have Leo in your chart anyway as a ruler as one of your cusps. Let's say you're Pisces rising. Well, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, you'd have Leo on the sixth house cusp. So because the sixth house is health and work, Pisces rising people might find that they end up working in a family business or they end up doing something similar as far as work and career from something inspired by the family. See how it works? So Leo planets, where Leo is placed on the cusp and also focus on the fifth house, fifth house planets, ruling planet of the fifth house will focus on karma with your family. And this is also where we find your children. We do find people with planets in the fifth house are more fertile. They have more karma with children that they're going to have or abort or whatever. We also find that people that have planets in the fifth house that are under trines and sextals may have better, more optimistic and positive and confident vibrations surrounding children and childhood. 
And also we find just a lot more intensity and karma whenever you have all of the above, like fifth house planets, third house planets, first house planets. Let's face it, you got karma with childhood, brothers and sisters and family, and much of your life, is you're going to have to deal with this stuff, embrace it, and absolve it, because this is the way you're going to grow. A lot of people, a lot of you out there, have karma with family, and you've ignored it. You've walked from it. Everyone in the family hates you, and you hate everybody. Let me tell you something. You're all going to elongate your lives and suffer unless somehow, someway, someone eventually makes a peace and sends it into the light. And especially those of you that have fifth house planets that have your own children, and you get their charts done and see they have trauma in the first house or squares or oppositions to the sun and the moon, hey, you better take a more of an objective look at how you're raising your children and how you're treating them in case you do have those fifth house planets and in case they are shown karma with the family, like all of us are. Great topic. Outstanding topic. This thing with family is critical. It is critical. Like I say, just because you're going to have a baby, you could have your worst enemy. You could have someone that literally killed you or vice versa all throughout life as your child, and you wonder why that kid is yelling and screaming at you all the time. Or you wonder why it's a love-hate relationship between you and your kids. Let me say one thing. I salute those of you that have the courage and the guts to finally try to build a family and make it work. It's tough. I don't have any children. I've never had any pregnancies or any children or anything like that. But I was a child once. I was in a family, and I saw what it was like. And it's tough. It's not only expensive to raise children. It's a separate career. I know people that have three, four, and five children. It's a lot of work. And there's a lot of karma there. And the whole purpose to life much of that purpose, why we were born, is to make a peace with our families. Talk about evolution of the soul when you can finally learn to get along with each other and just drop the walls and drop the angers and say goodbye to the past. Today is the first day for the rest of our lives for this family. Let's make a peace. You know what? Sometimes you have to ignore people when you grow up, when you're older and your parents don't respect you or vice versa. Sometimes some time goes by when you don't see each other. You know, sometimes that's what it takes to heal the wounds. Then when you get back together again, it's different. It's better. It happens. It happened to me. It can happen to you. But it's important to understand the karma in the family. It's nobody's fault but our own. Karma starts at home. It starts in the heart inside you. You cannot blame anyone for your situation because no one is your karma. You are your own karma, and everyone serves as a catalyst. If you think people are treating you mean and rotten and abusive and aggressive and horrible, take a look at your own self and past lives. You're getting back the full dose of the type of animal that you were. So you might as well just embrace that animal and love it and just absolve it, patch it up and say, okay, so I was pretty intense. I was just like my dad. So I was pretty moody and frightened and paranoid. I was just like my mom. Instead of hating it, or being angry with it, I'm just going to embrace it and send it off into the light. Karma absolved, end of case. And that's the purpose of today's show. Try to stop all these family wars. And that's why I'm inspired today. I'll calm down. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs>